It is another episode of Inside the Nest that follows an overtime game for Kennesaw State. But this script was completely different than the other ones, although there were some parts that looked like 2021. We'll touch on the 33-30 win for Kennesaw State in dramatic fashion on homecoming, get to know offensive lineman Terrell Paxton, and then preview the matchup with Charleston Southern. It's all coming up next here on Inside the Nest. And we're happy to have Barkley Miller, Caleb O'Neill, Brandon Sutton joining me, Nolan Alexander, here on the podcast this week. Jordan and Bryce could not be with us, but they will be with our broadcast this Saturday, 1 o'clock, against Charleston Southern. Barkley, you and I kind of laughed at the start of overtime on the ESPN Plus broadcast on Saturday against Tennessee Tech. I mean, it's just comical. Uh, the third overtime game for Kennesaw State this year. And this game was so interesting because it really was a seesaw that Kennesaw State jumped out 14-0, looked good on offense, had its first red zone stop on defense. And then the tides completely changed, and it was mostly all Tennessee Tech until the final few minutes when it reminded us of the Gardner-Webb and a little bit of North Alabama from 2021. Don't sleep on that owl right offense. The Owls marched over 90 yards to take the lead. Gave up the lead, and then Connor Cummins, who got A-Sun's special teamer of the week, kicked a 40-yard field goal as time expired, which, by the way, we interviewed Cummins last week, and we asked him about that Tennessee-Alabama game. It's like, what would your celebration be? I noticed he did the same little celebration afterwards, so I thought that was fun. But there's so much to take away from this ball game. How were the Owls able to get it done again, guys? Man... So you're exactly right. We were talking about it. If if this is the tail of the tape, we're going to see a three or four overtime game this weekend. But yeah, Tennessee Tech, I, I mean, Kennesaw State was up 14-0. Uh, they had the chance. They got the ball back up 14-0, had the chance to go up 21-0. Uh, and man, they, they it just felt like they had the their foot on the neck and just couldn't couldn't finish it, but I mean, you got to take your hats off to Tennessee Tech for fighting back too. They did a really good job. Um, they made some really nice adjustments at halftime that shut our offense down. Brandon, I'm sure noticed that they went to that spider look. They were pinching the center. That was tough, especially whenever Matt Olson got injured and was out. Uh, it helped a lot whenever he came back. But man, you got to you got to give props to Kennesaw State too. The guys they figured out a way to win and way to finish. It's like it's almost like a pitcher that starts off the game and has their fastball going and they lose it about the third inning, but finds a way to just kind of grind through the rest of the game. So it, it was it was fun to watch. It was definitely an interesting ball game. Uh that that defense, man, though, that they got improved. That that Tennessee Tech offense, they did a really nice job of doing some things well and getting everybody involved. But I wouldn't say that's just like, you know, a top-notch FCS offense, and we still if Oatsball doesn't get hurt, I'm sure he throws for over 300 yards again and maybe more touchdowns. That kid played lights out. Um, so just that, it, to me, the place that we need to improve is defense, in particular linebackers and DBs. They, they need to get better. They're they're young. They're growing. I saw improvement this past weekend. I mean, Silas, a guy who has been kind of tentative on running in the gaps and filling running lanes, he did a really good job of that this weekend. So – Definitely taking steps forward, just need to continue to grow and take those steps forward throughout the year. But I was super proud of the guys for figuring out a way to win and finding a way to pull it out at the end. And I'm right there with Barkley. I think it's just great that they're able to uh, find a way to fight and uh, pull the win out of uh, Saturday's game. But I think this, this team's currently just struggling with not just finishing a ball game, but winning, just learning how to win. And what I mean by that is just being up to, uh, nearly uh, being up 14 points, that doesn't mean you can let off the gas. You can't just knock it off, just relax and think everything's going. No, you got to keep going. Same tempo, same pace, and just keep pushing forward no matter what the scenario is. And when we've been, when we've seen it multiple times this season that these guys just haven't fully grasped that that concept yet. So, so going forward, I'm so excited and so happy that we were able to get a win on Saturday. But going forward, these guys are going to have to just learn to just Stay locked in. Even if you're up, even if everything's blowing your way, everything's going great, you have to stay locked in at all times or else you're going to continue to see things start falling off the wagon, things start falling out of shape. So 
that's going to be key number one, staying focused and staying in the ballgame going forward the rest. I'm with you there. So I, I, as a former player, you know, we all know, but it's so easy of when you're it, – it's been a grind all, all season, and then you finally kind of jump out ahead on somebody to be like, finally. You know, it, it's finally clicking on all sides of the ball. And then next thing you know, you're in a dogfight. And it's like, you got to strap back up and lock in. And it's like, oh, my gosh. And, you know, coaches say it all the time. You can't just flip a switch in the middle of a game to get everything going back the way it's supposed to. you got to start the game with that mindset and carry that mindset until the final buzzer sounds, until the final whistle blows. And I think that's a really good point you made there to – really stay locked in and stay on that that just eat train just rolling downhill and just getting after it but I think it was as we've talked about all season it's a finding ways to win and just toughness adversity team win you know party in the party in the end zone party in the locker room coming out on top after another hard-fought game I think you can take situations from this ball game and look back earlier in the year and say KSU was struggling to do this but they were able to do this in the Tennessee Tech game too two of the scoring drives the first and the last touchdown first touchdown a regulation last touchdown a regulation were both over 90 yards and there have been times this year I mean it happened in the game Saturday too where the offense stalled and struggled to put together a long drive they were able to do that twice in a ball game started fast ended fast in key situations, we've heard it from the coaches throughout the year, get better at third downs, get better explosive plays. There are a lot of third down conversions, including some key ones. Uh, Isaac Foster had that catch on the last touchdown drive on a third and long, bobbled it on the pass from Shepard, able to hang on despite the hit. Foster's a guy now who's got a target on his back again, and he's continued to perform every single time. There needs to be a big play. 12 seasons to be involved in the play in some way whether he's throwing a big block or he's making a catch or he's making a run he stepped up to the occasion and then i think the last thing is there's also some other plays defensively where ksu has struggled in the past and i saw the owls step up to make plays even go back to central arkansas ran a halfback pass for a touchdown tennessee tech tried a halfback pass and markeith montgomery was just sitting there waiting for it so I, I do see some other improvements there. I hope Kennesaw State is able to build off that this Saturday against Charleston Southern. Uh, before I ask for any wrap-up there on the game against Tennessee Tech, Caleb, I want to get the receiver's thought on the Xavier Hill catch, the one-handed catch that was the top play on ESPN on Saturday. I'd love to get your thoughts on Hill's catch and what you thought of the top play on college football Saturday. All right. so. The hardest part of that, the whole gig right there, is keeping your eyes on the ball and putting your hand exactly where the ball's going. That's that that's the hardest part because whenever that ball comes out of the quarterback's hand, you saw the safety. I mean, the cornerback squatted. So in as soon as he squats with that route, the Xavier Hill in the back of his mind, he's like, oh my gosh, it, it, it could come to me. It could come to me. So then you already got that like a drilling rush of like, oh my gosh, I'm wide open. And then the ball's in the air. You're having to bend your route a little bit to get around the, the safety that's trying to work over the top. The ball is slightly behind you. So you have to turn around and there's all that movement while the ball's in the air. So to track that ball, and I don't know how many of y'all have tried to catch a ball above your head with one hand standing still but it is exponentially harder to do it on the move like literally so he's got that that guy right there in his path he turns back towards the line of scrimmage balls up throws his hand up and if i don't to people listening to y'all here on the call if you've never shaken xavier hill's hand his fingers will go halfway up your wrist on, on your almost your forearm. Dude's got some mitts. He's got some really large hands, and that does help him a lot. But the focus and attention and athletic ability that puts all of that together for that entire play to be possible is, is insane. And then to put the cherry on top, 
well, really two cherries. One, Xavier Hill, I mean, Xavier Shepard had to put that ball in a perfect spot for that ball to be catchable to where only Xavier Hill could catch it. And second, for him to throw it, put one hand up, look it in, catch it, and stay inbounds while he's flying, falling backward or falling forwards, but backwards, however you said it this weekend, Nolan, on the field and getting both feet in or getting feet inbounds, that's it's amazing. That's the analysis we love here on Inside the Nest from a former player, especially the receiver position. Caleb Barkley, Brandon, any other thoughts on the OT win against Tennessee Tech? I'm glad a win's a win's a win. Uh, that's that's about it. I, I I hope that that was a game that could get the guys back on track. And I think it was definitely a, a step in the right direction. And it makes me excited for this Saturday, you know, another good opportunity for the boys. And another thing, though, it showed me they still got fight left in them. And that, that's a really good, really good sign for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think Barkley's right. It's a great sign going forward. There's still a lot left in these guys, and there's still a lot for them to play for. So just going forward after this Saturday's game, let's hope maybe that will be the last OT game for a little bit. I don't know if I can take another one in a back-to-back week, but let's just hope things go for the best this weekend. I'm with you. My identification says I'm 30 years old, but if that happens again, it, it may change. I might be a 50-year-old. Come the end of October. I have white or gray hair by the end of the season, all four of us. <laughs> if we have any hair. <laughs> Lots of fun this past Saturday, Kennesaw State and Tennessee Tech. We'll take a short break on Inside the Nest. Up next, we welcome on guard Terrell Paxton to get his thoughts on the win against Tennessee Tech. More on this season and looking ahead to Charleston Southern. All coming up on Inside the Nest. Meet the Owls up close and personal and engage with Owl Nation. Show your support for the black and gold and stay up to date on all of our social media platforms. Be sure to like our Facebook page and follow our Twitter and Instagram at KennesawSTFB to keep up with news and score. To stay up to date on all things KSU Athletic, follow us on Twitter at Nation, as well as following us on our Instagram and liking our Facebook page at Kennesaw State Owls. Welcome back to Inside the Nest, and we are joined by Kennesaw State offensive lineman, the guard Terrell Paxton, discussing KSU's thrilling overtime win against Tennessee Tech. More on this season and then getting set for Charleston Southern this Saturday. You're commonly referred to as T-Pax, so we'll we'll go around here with T-Pax, but Terrell, this year you in a lot of ways have been a storyline in the sense of someone that has overcome some injuries been banged up at time has battled back through adversity this year has played some very good games your position coach grant chestnut said the jacksonville state game was the best of your career and then he also said going into this game against tennessee tech the offensive line was challenged to have a big surge, to have a good ball game. We saw that for a lot of that Tennessee Tech game. Can you take us back to how you approached the game this past Saturday? Uh, Like mainly my main goal every game is just place my dominance and let people know that I'm physical. And I try to let somebody know across me that I'm going to come out the ball like this every play. And I'm going to try to knock your head off and just get, get after you every play. And that's like, playing for a coach like Coach Chestnut, you like, you going, he's going to mold that mindset in you like I was kind of I came up that way but just playing for somebody like him that matches the intensity that I like to play with it's just easy and it's just it's something natural that comes from that and the the rest of the room feeds off of that vibe knowing that I'm banged up and some of the other guys that go to battle are banged up and just seeing us be able to just come out the ball and just place our dominance on people it just is good for morale in the room and as an offensive unit for a team in in the, in the bigger picture. Terrell, it was another game that came right down to the wire. We played in overtime for the third time this year. How did you approach the final two drives of regulation, the one that Kennesaw State went over 90 yards to take the lead and then coming back with 30 seconds? How did you approach that given how the game had played out where KSU had a lot of success early on offense and then couldn't move the football after that? 
Uh, so, like, the way we play, like, we just always know it's the next play mentality, and that's just something that we've been preaching in the locker room, just next play, next play. We're going to have some good plays, celebrate them in the moment. We're going to have some bad plays. Don't dwell on them, move on to the next play. But, you no, know, that them final drives, I, like, right before uh, in the overtime, that opening drive for offense, I whispered to Coach, uh, Coach Bowe's ear, and I said, Coach, run behind me, because I just felt like I had that edge right now. I was moving the guy a little bit, some of that game, and I, and I just felt like we could run behind me. And I just like to place like I like to give a coach that type of confidence because that gives them comfort play calling if they know because I I was banged up. I, I I feel certain things during that game it was a long game it was a tough game and just I just want to let coach know you can lean on me in this moment and we we ended up pulling it off and it was just good for the offense to get that thing back clicking when we needed it to click and everything just came came into fruition for us. All right, so T-Pax, man, taking it back to just the beginning of uh, overtime last, uh, this past week, how much of that would you put, um, how much of being able to finish that game would you put based off your preparation that you guys go through every Thursday and uh, scenarios and just what Coach Chestnut and those guys work with, uh, work with you guys with throughout the week? Uh, Coach Chestnut, he's somebody that he's going to train you and mold you for these type of games. Like when it's that fourth quarter game, we're some bigger bodies, but we're going to be – that fall camp, them practices, and we doing them zigzags, and we working hard, busting our tail, and sweating till we ain't got no, till we think we ain't got no more in us. Those is what that's where it comes into. Like he, you could see it coming into fruition, and seeing that all that work we put in, then we still got more in us. I'm like we're still as a coach to run the ball behind us. We still want that. We want the smoke, as uh, to say the least. So like it just coach that coach Chestnut. He just like when he the way he goes about his business and the way he molds us as a room together. It's just that's where you see a product of our environment right there. And that's in that situation when it's time to lean on the O line. We got we was able to get it done. We was able to get some push and some surge, and we pulled it off. And just going back to what you were saying right there about just the, the toughness and the mentality of the room. Just how does it feel for you being one of the older leadership leader? Uh, being one of the older leadership roles now. You'd be, you'd be one of the young guys back when I was there and we were just running things up every day. But how does it feel for everything now leading towards you, uh, Matt Olson, Zion, just, hey, what, what, this team, this offense is going to run and it runs through us. What can we do and what do you do? Just keep things flowing, keep everybody not too high, not too low, but right there, right where you got to be at all times. Uh, like, so it just, it's good for us as leaders because we were like the last lineage of the OGs in that room. So, like me, Matt, and Zion, we was actually able to go to war with them in practice and, and actually see what it what they what it took for them to get to where they were at that point on it. Like we was at the top of the nation and like everything, rushing yards and everything. So just being a part of that lineage, you still you still have some of that bloodline in the room. So you know everybody knows what you gotta put in, how much you gotta sacrifice, how much you gotta dedicate in order to make this thing work. And, and just it's just good to see that. People are gonna like come together. Me, Matt, and Zion as leader roles now. You can see us from our our just first practice trying to find our way to to seeing us now. And somebody like Bisa was in the fight with us, so he knows like how far we've came. So it's just good to see, and it's good to see us embracing this role as leaders now. Thank you, man. I couldn't say it any better myself. All right, Trill. Big yes, big question here. Let's get it, you know. <laughs> is, is the back pad on your shoulder pads for practicality, or is it just to look pretty on Saturdays? <laughs> so, so let me break it down to two different sides of this. So, I'm a big. I like to. I like to have my drip. You know, like I'm one of them offensive linemen. I'm gonna. I'm gonna look good while I do it. I want. I want that feeling. But at the same time, if you're not getting movement, that two back will be up your tail. So. <laughs> In some sense, it could be for medical use, and, and then on the other hand, it is a, a big sense of swag. But it's a little bit of both in there. If you felt the two back come up, your Preston Daniels a big two back now. He run that head up your back, you gonna feel it. <laughs> so that backpack comes in handy <laughs> if I'm not doing my job. Yeah, man. Good. That's a good answer there. All right, and then secondly, what do you what do you look forward to and plan on with? some more young guys getting to play again this week on helping kind of teach coach them up and bring them along being one of the senior leaders. Uh, it's just good to see people just finding out how good they can be. Coach Chestnut says that all the time. It's just like, it's actually 
Like it's it's something tangible that you can see. It's just not like a feeling. You can see somebody actually embracing it, going and doing it, and then they getting that golf shot, as we would say in the room. We getting that golf shot and they're actually seeing that I'm capable of doing this. So it's a it's a feel good moment just being able to see guys just grow into something that they're just trying to they embarking on a journey. Like some of these guys are super young, so it's like it's just that first that first that first play of you doing it right. It's gonna feel good, and it's just good seeing them guys get that done. T packs. Uh, so you, you keep talking about these young guys, man. Uh, what's the number one thing that you try to coach them up on? And what do you think is the hardest thing for them to get right as an offensive lineman in this offense? I feel like uh, just being able to pull from pulling from deep because it's like it's some long drives that you like 13, 14 plays. We're bigger bodies. You're going to get tired. So having the ability to have some grit and being able to pull from deep. That's something I try to make sure they understand. Like, you think you're tired. Like, I get tired. I've been doing it for some years now. But at the same time, it's like I got a place where I can go, where I can get that extra inch and, and give us that surge that we need. So I want them to have that same fight, that dog in them. That's the word I like to use. I just had a – some of them, like, don't naturally want to – like, just rough. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's just putting that – making sure they got that dog in them as old lineman here, it, it's going to pay off in the long run. Just wanting to finish blocks and just – not people heads off. That's just mainly what I want to instill in them. Like, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of contact. You can't be. I like it. I like it. Um, another one. How how lit was the locker room after that big win Saturday? Man, all you saw was just gold, just moving. It was a wave of gold, just jumping up and down, up and down, up and down. It was it was a feel good moment just because the preparation was right, and it's just a full circle moment just seeing everything. Coach Bo was just talking about prepare, 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 prepare. And when you prepare right, no matter if things go your way, and it was some things that didn't go our way that day, we were still able to find a way to come out on top. And that's just – it just – it's a full circle moment, and it just felt so good to get that win on, under our belt. Nice, nice. And uh, last thing for me, man, what's your favorite part about playing offensive line in this offense and for Coach Chestnut? Uh, just being able to insert my dominance on somebody, just letting him know that, like, yeah, I'm on top of you, bit dog. You, <laughs> it's over with. Uh, you better, like, that practice getting up because I'm, I'm coming again next play. And it just Coach Chestnut, he gonna make sure that you got that mentality. If you're not there before a game, you are gonna get there, and I, and that's for sure. So it just always having that intense, like, I like that. Just being around somebody just, in, just as intense, and he's more intense than me. But like, I, I'm following his lead, so it's like it just. It's something, it's always something that you, you are trying to achieve that intensity and you're going to just keep hitting people. Like, I, it's just a fun thing to do. If you love uh, physical football, this is it. I like it, man. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Terrell, I want to wrap it up with a couple of lighthearted questions here. Over the past couple of years, when I've asked your teammates who the funniest guys on the team are, there's typically two answers. Jaden Barron. And Terrell Paxton, why are you thought of as one of the funniest guys on the team? Uh, <laughs> I got a bit sense of humor, and I'm and I'm just I'm a real blunt person, so it's like some of my jokes are just they off the wall, but it's just it's like the training room. Everywhere I go, I want to impact somebody. Like I just want to see some. You never know, somebody one making one person smile a day that could take somebody a long way, and that's just one thing my my father always instilled in us: just make lighten somebody's day. You know what I'm saying? Ain't no wrong lighting nobody's day. Your day. It passed the blessing, so it's just something I always – I've always been a humorous person, so it's just something I've been <laughs> blessed with, to say the least. Terrell, that's, that's wonderful advice to go off of, and we're glad that you do that for Kennesaw State. So at the day of this recording, we record this on Monday. We're seven days out from Halloween. Obviously, you'll be busy on Monday on the 31st with football practice, getting ready for the next game. But looking back, what was your favorite Halloween costume growing up? Uh, Fat Albert. <laughs> <laughs> what? When? When did you go as Fat Albert? Uh, I, I I did it for like a play. It was around Halloween, but we were just doing a little comedy play at my elementary school, and then that's like because I never really just up and celebrated Halloween. I just like candy. Uh, but like putting on a costume, I I was like the lead the lead uh character for that play and I was Fat Albert and it was like a comedy play and it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite candy? Split between Mike and Ike and Skittles. Mike and Ike and Skittles? I give you the Skittles. I don't know if I give you the Mike and Ike. You gotta try like, they got so many flavors. You just gotta get into them. <laughs>
I'll have to try it out this Halloween. Terrell, thanks so much for the time. Best of luck against the Bucks this Saturday. Yes, sir. Thank you. With Fifth Third Momentum Banking, we're making banking a Fifth Third better. Cappuccino for Dave? Yep. Oh, I overdrafted? Now this coffee is $43. That's steep, even for us. With Fifth Third Momentum Banking, we've got your back, which is why we give you extra time to avoid an overdraft. That's way better. This is banking, a Fifth Third better. Fifth Third Extra Time gives you longer. Anytime before midnight ET on the business day after your account is overdrawn to make a deposit that brings your available balance to at least $0. Visit 53.com for additional details. Fifth Third Bank NA, member FDIC. What's going on, guys? This is your A-Sun update. We had a couple of lopsided scores last week in the A-Sun, starting off with Jacksonville State. They took a loss to Southeastern Louisiana, S-E-L-A, as they're often referred to, 31-14, to a game where they really couldn't get anything going on offense. And S-E-L-A, you know they're going to put up points, 31. And speaking of points, guys, 56-53, to Eastern Kentucky, takes down North Alabama, a game-winning touchdown pass from who else but Parker McKinney to the back of the end zone with just eight seconds left in that ballgame. There were two guys in this game that certainly stood out, and they had to get co-offensive players of the week in the A-Sun. Parker McKinney, 22 for 33, 310 yards, five touchdowns. Also six rushes for 65 yards with a touchdown as well. He affected the game with his arm and with his feet, and also with his feet, Sean Derrick Powell, a name everybody must know at this point in the A-Sun, 27 tuds for 218 yards, three touchdowns, four receptions for 63 yards. I mean, this is a running back that I'm starting to think could possibly play at the next level. He is a beast, absolute freak so far this year, 218 yards on the ground, 63 through the air, and he affected the game for North Alabama and kept him in that game. Noah Walters also went for 215 with three touchdowns. So North Alabama is showing they got plenty of talent to compete with the best of the best in this conference. As you guys know, we got to go into our A-Sun WAC power rankings for the AQ this year. Stephen F. Austin still with a handy 88% lead. Abilene Christian at number two with a 71%. Followed by Austin P, who's starting to work their way up the ranks, 71%. They had a bye week last week, ended up playing into their favor as Abilene Christian came down to 71% as well. They are followed by Eastern Kentucky at number four at 69%. Tarleton at 67 Kennesaw State down at number six at 56 Central Arkansas at seven with 51%. Then Southern Utah, Utah Tech, and North Alabama rounds out the A-Sun WAC power rankings. I'm very interested to see how Central Arkansas is going to work their way up. They obviously have big wins against Kennesaw State as well as Austin P. but they're down at number seven right now. I'm interested to see how that's going to play out throughout the year. We have the chance this week for some teams to separate themselves from the pack. Eastern Kentucky plays SEMO. SEMO has been playing a lot of A-Sun teams this year. Jacksonville State now an FBS team according to the rule book facing Austin P. Then North Alabama takes on Central Arkansas this Saturday. And that was your A-Sun update, guys. Thank you so much, Jordan. Rejoined by Barkley Miller, Brandon Sutton, and Caleb O'Neill here with me, Nolan Alexander. Oh, Big South arrival. Charleston Southern makes its way to Fifth Third Bank Stadium. One o'clock kick this Saturday. KSUals.com slash tickets. Call the ticket office. If you can't be at the game, you can listen to it on the KSU Owl Network or watch it on ESPN+. Y'all know the Bucks. These two teams did not get along in the Big South. There is some bitter blood. Now, this is a different story in 2022. Things have changed. Different conferences. These two teams didn't play in 2021. They only played in the spring, back in the spring 21 season, not in the fall. But take me back to the history lesson. What should fans know that are new to Kennesaw State football about these two programs? So... The new school fans, if you ask them who is Kennesaw State's biggest bitter rival, they're either going to spit out Jacksonville State or they're going to spit out Monmouth. And I'm here to tell you, the folks that have been around since the beginning of this program know that Charleston Southern has to be right there at the top. I personally would put them over Jacksonville State and probably over Monmouth. Um, this The 
rivalry between the two. Every game ever seemed like it was always close, touchdown or less, no matter how bad the one or the other was supposed to beat each other. Even whenever you look at the first season, 2015, Charleston Southern came to the bank to win the Big South. We weren't competing for the Big South championship, but it was for them to secure the Big South. I, I could be wrong. I'd have to go back and look at the score, but I'm pretty sure they only beat us by like 10, maybe 14, and they were supposed to blow us out. And that's and then they partied on the field with the conference championship trophy. And that just kind of kicked off all the bad blood from there. Some other things happened in the game, too. Um, they had a great football team, too. I mean, this is why college football is the greatest sport ever. You look at it, and Charleston Southern was a perennial top 10 team fighting for the conference championship within Liberty and Coastal Carolina, who were also perennial top 10 teams. And if you said that looking now at 2022, Kennesaw State has moved to the A-Sun, and they're making the move to – Conference USA and Charleston Southern has kind of struggled to get back to their roots of a winning program. I think everybody'd be shocked, you know. Everybody, I'm sure, thought it was just going to be Charleston Southern, maybe Kennesaw and Monmouth fighting for the Big South Conference Championship. So, I mean, these are two teams that do not like each other. I mean, the rivalry has been definitely spoken about in the locker room. Caleb can speak on it. As soon as people get there, the OGs and all the guys that have been around are like, no, we, we do not like these guys. So I'm very excited to be at this game Saturday and be able to call it. I'm right there with Barkley. One, I do not like Chuck South with any, any ounce in my heart. They know what they did. We're going to leave it at that. But from the very beginning, from the first matchup against these guys back in 2015, winning in our stadium, celebrating the championship, having an hour-long photo session after the game as we're just a startup program. It, it, it's something that just, it just turns your gear the wrong way. And, and from that moment, it was, it was a never-ending rivalry, just no matter what. It, whether we're in off-season, somebody could tweet something. You'll get 30 negative tweets from Chuck South guys just saying something crazier, outlandish. But looking forward, there's not a whole lot of guys that were here for those crazy, crazy days and the big fights after the game or whatnot in the robbery. But you know what? Those guys that are still there have to do, have to take it upon themselves to make sure these young guys on this team know how important this game is going to be and how big this robbery is going to be, regardless of what records say or where they're looking at the program right now. This is the most important game because the next one, and because it's freaking Chuck South, dude, we got to go put something on these guys. Yeah, and um, kind of being there for around the OGs back then, and then OGs are gone. I feel like I say something about this every week, but um, kind of being there through old school, quote-unquote, trying to become new, and then the now new school where we are now, um, There's it's just bad blood between everybody, you know? It's, it's not as much just nitty-gritty, they hate us, we hate them sometimes. It feels like Kennesaw State just always has a chip on their shoulder regardless of what Chuck South is doing because of how it's been historically. You know, they had they had one of the best defenses we had ever played in 2017, I believe. They they were they they had some dudes now and it was it, and then we we ended up winning and then there's a conference championship that followed and then it's like a kind of a revenge story after that. It was just like, hey, we're we're coming back to take what's ours after what happened the, at the beginning of our our program, like from our uh, childhood, so to speak. We we were had some tormenting going on, so it's like, hey, we're coming back and we're we're coming on full steam ahead. And I think the coaching staff and some of the older guys will make sure and voice that this week in practice. Yeah, Caleb. I mean, it's it's crazy. You 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 talk, you hit on it really well. It, it's a lot of people think back to oh, you know, Kennesaw State started getting like really good, really competitive. Twenty seventeen first conference championship, big run in the playoffs. But the people who've been around a long time in twenty sixteen, we went to Chuck South and legitimately played them for the Big South Conference Championship. It was whoever won that game was taking it. So I mean, it, it's. It definitely goes back a long ways, and yeah, man, old Chuck South. 
Fun fact. Hey, and, and these guys, oh, hit it, Caleb. Take it, B-Sut. You got it, brother. Uh, I'm just just looking back to some of the glory days. You, you said it back in the back in 17. They had that great defense. I I think Anthony Ellis still lives rent free in my mind, trying to work him on the King Block. But um, yeah, dude, these, these guys are something else, and and that's exactly what they're going to do when they're watching film today. They're going to see those older guys. Uh, I mean, throughout this entire week, they're going to see what these old that older Chuck South team did, and they're going to try to replicate that. So just coming forward, that's what Kansas is going to expect this week. Try to uh, some of the old mentality checks out that we used to seeing or used to playing against. Yeah, fun fact. That's the only Instagram post I've ever tagged a other person's team in before. Sea dog, you dirty dog, you. Well, I, d- I didn't do it at the beginning. I had a I had a nice little witty caption, and then him and another guy from their team had recently followed me, and then he commented on it and said some mean things that i didn't want my mom to see so i tagged him in it so the whole world could know who i was talking to well these two programs get together this saturday one o'clock at the bank it ends a four-game homestand for kennesaw state Uh, coach bohannon said it after every game if you want entertainment value if you want to pay if you want uh extra entertainment free football on top of what you pay Buy a ticket for kennesaw state ksuls.com slash tickets saturday at one charleston southern and Kennesaw State. So that's in the past. What matters now is here in 2022, how these two teams match up. Let's start with our breakdown, and I want to start with the Kennesaw State offense against the Charleston Southern defense. All right, guys. So looking forward to Saturday's game. I'm having a few, after looking at some files and some old stuff, some old uh, football tests from when I was there at Kennesaw, I remember these guys usually come out in like 50 shade or strong 6-1 looks. So after last week's game, the spider was working very, very well for Tennessee Tech. And I think that's something that Chuck Shouts can get behind very quickly. So I think we're going to see a good little dose of some 6-1, 6-1 shade this weekend and probably a good jumpage of the uh, spider look that we saw for Tennessee Tech. But let's turn, let's look at this defense that was coming into Kansas State, uh, coming into fifth third bank this weekend. They're coming off again against Gardner-Webb where they still out over 600 yards of offense. And watching this tape, Coach Chestnut's going to – his ears might light up after seeing seeing all this stuff that's going on because Gardner-Webb was able to make it happen all over the field. 400 yards in the air, 230 on the ground. And I know Coach Chestnut, he's going to go crazy with it this weekend and the scheming and the game planning. So for this week, guys, it's, it's going to come down majorly on the offensive line and their play. And after talking with Terrell, I know he, even these guys are excited for this challenge, but it's going to come down to them being able to block – the highest tackler for this defense, Garrett Sayeg, number 40. He's a linebacker with a chip on his shoulder that comes down. He's a run-stopping force. And we also got number three, Quentin Seagwood, on the defensive line. He's a guy that's he's gritty, he's hard-nosed, and he, he loves to get in contact. He loves the physicality. So just building off these main players and what, what we know that we're possibly going to see from these guys this week, I'm sure Coach Chestnut and Coach Bowen are going to come up with a plan that's going to keep this ball on the ground. While, while we're still going to get a little bit of air raid, keep Barkley and the boys happy over in the ESPN Plus booth. <laughs> but we're going to see a lot of ground game this week because we were able to see a lot get going this past weekend against Tennessee Tech. But I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for these guys, Isaac Foster, Farrow, and, and even Xavier Shepard to get, get a lot of yardage on the ground and keep things rolling this week. And that's, that's kind of how it goes with teams that run different fronts like that. So they... If, if Coach Chestnut can get a certain look to get them in a certain look, he, he can scheme it up on the fly to keep people in certain defenses that he wants them in if they're going to do that. And I, I'm interested to see it, too, because, like you said, historically, and then all of a sudden the spider look gave us some problems. So you never know because it's always a mix-up. And historically they have had some really good schemes against us. So. It'll be exciting to watch. And, and statistically, I mean, historically, Caleb, if you look back, like, I, I, uh, Chuck South is one of the reasons I got a job playing tight end because we wanted to come up with a new scheme look to be able to keep those defensive ends on the inside. And, hey, I took a wideout spot, but you know what? I can block like an offensive lineman sometimes. So it's just going to be – it's going to come down to what – one, what Coach Chestnut wants us to be able to do, where he wants the ball to go. And, two, we're going to have to play off what we see. It's going to come down to Shep being able to adjust – Check us into some different looks 
And, and he's going to have to fool some corners and some safeties and just, hey, if they're moving around, we're going to just take it, take what you see, and just go hit your head on the field real close, man. King, 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 King. Yeah, and, you know, that they played a couple different quarterbacks this year looking at that offense. They like to run that RPO style. They're not afraid to give the quarterback some carries. Do you look at a bunch of their games? Their quarterback has a lot of attempts. I mean, you look at their last game. Tony Bartolo's the court, been the quarterback the past few games. He had 10 carries for only four yards, but still that shows they're trying to get him running the ball. Um, and they like to put the ball in the air. He puts the ball in the air at least 30 times a game. Uh, 36 last week against Gardner-Webb. I think they're trying to find their identity offensively. Uh, I know they're struggling a little bit with the offensive line. Looks like they've given up a, a number of sacks, and I'm sure they're going to try to challenge those guys and clean that up this week. But kind of alluding to what I said earlier, Kennesaw State's defense, especially the secondary linebackers, this is a really good game for them to be able to get right and learn from what has happened against Central Arkansas, what's happened to us against Jacksonville State, I mean, teams are attacking us through the air, over the middle, most in particular along the seam, where the linebackers are having to carry those receivers or tight ends to the safeties or corners sitting back there in those zones. So, really big opportunity. I'm sure Coach Verpale is going to have a different wrinkle. Got to have one every week, you know. Got to show a different look because it's a copycat league. Charleston Southern is going to look at what Central Arkansas what Tennessee Tech, what everyone was has been successful with so far against us and try to put their own spin on it. So I'll look to Bartolo to kind of be the guy they're going to ride or die with, and the ball's going to be in his hands. He's going to have to have a day this Saturday to um, show up here in, in the bank and challenge Kennesaw State. But the defense, man, they got a big opportunity, and they got a big opportunity to pull turnover plank out one or two times this weekend as well. It'll be interesting to see if Mark Heath Montgomery becomes the sole record holder for career interceptions. He tied Dante Blackman with eight last week against Tennessee Tech. All, earlier in the game, almost had one, had a little friendly fire with Chance Gamble. May have had the record last week, but he said he's, he's going for the record this week against Charleston Southern. So you're right with turnover playing something to keep an eye on. And last week, that was what was interesting about that ball game. Besides the interception, nobody turned it over. It wasn't like both teams played sloppy football. It was reason went to overtime is teams are pretty even when it came to those key things of third downs, penalties, and turnovers. So I'm with you, Barkley. I think KSU will certainly look to bring turnover and plank out a lot more, which is what they had done a good amount prior to that game against Tennessee Tech. Flip it over on special teams. There was some special play last week. Connor Cummins got a Sun special teamer of the week. Had a couple of field goals, including the 40-yarder, to send it into overtime. Caleb, what do you look for in the special teams matchup between the Owls and the Bucks? Coming off of last week, I'd like to come in Connor Cummins and been able to trust in him and really trust in his youth and his ability to make those field goals. Always good and that always is positive in the back coach's pocket going into the next week of, hey, if we need, if we need a last-second field goal, we we got one in the – it feels like it's automatic. Obviously, it never is. But what I'm interested in is Gabriel Binyard finally making the last guy miss. The one guy miss that he – that the, the infamous one guy for the last three to four games. I'm interested to see if he can do it this week because they – so far this season, they've had a pretty good – Average. They're holding kickoffs to opponents to 17 and a half yards per kickoff and punt returns to 11 yard, 11.3 yards per return. So they're getting down there and covering pretty well. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see if he can have a little extra shimmy this week and make a couple miss. And on the flip side, their average punt return as, as a team is 429 on punts and 1453 on kickoffs so their coaches are definitely stressing for them that they're going to have to start making a di making a difference in the game through their special teams and they've got a couple of returners that are that are young they're both redshirt freshmen in um tj ruff and vincent davis now vincent hasn't played in a couple weeks since the or hasn't logged any stats since campbell 
but they've got uh, Caden Jordan, number one back there, returning kicks, who's a redshirt junior from Tampa. And um, those guys are definitely going to be looking to make it make a difference in this game just because special teams is always the biggest hidden yardage play in a game. And they they're, those coaches are definitely going to be stressing that. And they, they see the film just like we do. And they know Gabe has almost busted a few for the last, what, three games in a row. So they're really going to be harping on that. And I'm looking forward to the return game battle. We'll have our eyes on it this Saturday, 1 o'clock, Charleston Southern and Kennesaw State. Looking forward to see you at Fifth Third Bank Stadium or listening or watching one of our KSU Owl Network broadcasts. One last break. When we come back, TPAX is back. We'll get a little would-you-rather Halloween scary version and then see if Terrell Paxton and the crew can answer the fact or fiction correctly. It's coming up next on Inside the Nest. Wellstar Health System helps Kennesaw State Owls stay in the game, no matter what your health goals or concerns are. Find our convenient health centers on campus. Our providers will get to know your needs and help you stay feeling your best. When you go off campus, Wellstar is there for you too. With hospitals, urgent care centers, and medical offices nearby to keep you well. Visit wellstar.org to learn more. And we're back on Inside the Nest, and a pleasure to have offensive guard Terrell Paxton rejoining the podcast here. So we're almost set for the scoreboard round, but first, Terrell, we go with a little would you rather. So with Halloween coming up, T-Pax, would you rather be in a zombie apocalypse or a robot apocalypse? I say robots because zombies, they like, to, they like to bite on you and stuff. I say robots. You know, technology, new era world. <laughs> Work with you're, that. You're okay just submitting to the robot overlords? Yeah, for sure. 100 grand. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys have? Hey, I'm right there with them. Look, it's, it's hard to take out some zombies, but hey, give me a bucket of water and a screwdriver. I'll take out some robots, you know, and we can figure this out. <laughs> I would love to envision myself as Arnold Schwarzenegger with just some crazy cool weapon just mowing down freaking robots but <laughs> man i i can't man technology computers are smarter than me man they'll figure me out they'll know my tendencies they'll know everything i gotta go with the zombies you can at least make a baseball bat and barbed wire <laughs> like on the walking dead and defend yourself against zombies i mean yeah against zombies yeah that's true yeah, I mean, I, I'm with Caleb, right? Uh, I mean, we're talking about, you know, the Terminator and stuff. You can't just take those guys away with some water. I mean, they had to put him in, like, the molten lava. He still came back, right? So, I mean, I don't know. I'm not messing with any of the technology stuff. You already see Elon Musk messing with all the AI and all that stuff, too. No, nah, I'm with the zombies, man. Like Caleb said, guns, baseball bats, hatchets, it doesn't matter. You can take them out. The horde of them would be exhausting, but I think I could handle that better. So, as always, I give like a qualification on this. I think it depends on the zombie. If it's the Walking Dead zombies, like you said, Caleb, they're slow, they're easy, I'm with you. But if it's the zombies like in Will Smith's I Am Legend, where in the darkness they run a million miles an hour, nah, give me the robots. I'm not surviving that. I'm with that one. I'm with that. The I Am Legend zombies are freaky. You don't know. You don't know what zombies are going to uh, That's why robots are robots. <laughs> you're, you're, exactly, you're exactly right, though. But, I mean, like, it's the same way. It might be the Terminator robots, and those are, like, impossible. Imagine if they get a bunch of them. The I Am Legend zombies are impossible. Or it could be, like, the Will Smith iRobot. Those weren't too, too bad, you know? Mm -hmm. So it, there's levels. Yeah, there's definitely levels, because then if you think of, uh, like, the Age of Ultron from the Marvel stuff, like, that thing literally had a quote-unquote brain, and it was, like, trying to take over the world, you know? And then, or the, uh, what's the, the robot boxing movie? You know what I'm talking about? 
Oh, think yeah, it's like yeah. Real, real steel. Real steel, yeah. If you end up getting a good one or finding a good robot that's your friend, then you got a teammate. See? So I don't know. There's levels to it. But if one of those big bad news boxing robots comes after you, you're going to look like Rock'em Sock'em Robots if they give you an uppercut, you know? <laughs> so you're shaking your head. Well, so I agree with him, but then I started to lean towards Barkley's argument about the zombies. But now, Caleb, you just flip me back. Stick with robots, man. It's, it's the best option. I didn't know we would incite such a conversation, but um, I'm glad to hear your viewpoints on this. Okay. Scoreboard time. T-Packs, we'll see if you can make up for your fellow teammates' misses the last two weeks. Here so we, we played the, we, yeah, we played the Charleston Southern Buccaneers. This Saturday, so I've got something that's a, a little aquatic themed for the Bucks. All right, so it's two statements. You tell me which one's true and which one's false. The first statement, the Amazon is the world's longest river. Or the Pacific Ocean is the world's largest ocean. Which one's true, which one's false? The Amazon one is true. And the Pacific one is false. Okay. Uh, I, I'm going to go early, too, here. I, I'm going to go with T-Packs, man. Amazon River, world's longest river. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, this is like one of those you can't really reason with, right? So I just, I, I think that's right. We'll see, unless you just know the answer, which I don't. Strangely enough, I got to agree with you, too. I'm going the Amazon River one because I, I don't know. For some reason, that one just sounds like a little more reasonable. All right, I'm coming off the top rope here. I'm going to say the Amazon rainforest is the largest rainforest, but the Pacific Ocean is still the largest. So the Pacific Ocean wins. Well, if Caleb had chosen the same answer, I would have got some points because Caleb is correct. The Pacific is the world's no. largest ocean. The Amazon River is the largest by volume. The longest river mm. is the Nile. <laughs> That's what I thought. I knew there was a river somewhere <laughs> across the pond, but I couldn't remember which one. Let's go. That, that was a good was one, Nolan. That was a good one, Nolan. That, that, was, that was a solid one. I was not ready for that well, T-Packs, you go stump your teammates at practice today. Thank you so much for spending some time with us, and best of luck to you and the Owls against Charleston Southern this Saturday. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on.